Sasha. Hey, Courtney. Did you know I used to want to be a professor of Norse mythology? Really? What happened? I don't like to talk about it. It's kind of a Thor subject. Paranormal comedy podcast hosted by two Halloweenies. This is Sasha. This is Courtney. Find us as always on the internet at Spoop Hour on Twitter and Instagram. And send us your scary stories, comments, questions, pet photos to spoophour at gmail.com. This week, we have two special ghosts. Two ghosts for the price of one, which is zero dollars. <laughs> Do you want to introduce I'm yourself? I'm so excited to be referred to as a ghost. You don't understand. That's like on my bucket list. You're a special <laughs> ghost. <laughs> she has been prepping for this her I whole don't life. Understand. I'm so happy right now. I'm Kelsey. Hi. Hello, I'm Ashley. We're from Make It Modern. We're very excited yes. to be here. We are kind of geeking out at the moment. So if we sound a little out of sorts, that's why. Bless. <laughs> We're really We're just- excited to have you. We are. So we have the lovely guests from Make It Modern joining us this week. Mm-hmm. And because you both are first-time ghosts, <gasps> you get the red carpet treatment. Oh, my God. That's right. Oh. Sasha is going to read your tarot. <laughs> ah, so Hell yes. yes. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. So, okay, we'll start with Ashley. Sasha, does your sweatshirt say vibes? It does. It says vibes 2020. Um, this is our... Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Not the vibes have, you want to There's a story manifest. behind it. Okay. This is my school's yearbook theme for the year. And I got this sweatshirt in December when we went to the museum for our final field trip before the museum closed. The museum being the news museum. We we kept joking about like, oh, this is a vibe. This is a vibe. That's a vibe. Whatever's a vibe. And then 2020 is not a vibe. (laughs) But the yearbook was just sent today to the printer. So at least that happened. But yeah, it's like... This hoodie was what brought our entire society down. We decided 2020 would be a vibe, and then it wasn't. No, it we wasn't. pretended well, it's for 2021. Is. Yeah, 2021 yeah. vibe. Well, that vibes. We'll just we'll yeah. put a little piece of tape over the second yeah, zero. Yeah, I'll just put a one after it, and then cross that out when 2021 is also dumpster fire, and just keep the numbers going down. <laughs> It'll be like when you t- when they in movies when they tally their like prison sentence with the little scritchy marks, exactly. but it's going to be scritchy marks on your sweatshirt until we get it the fuck right. <laughs> We're going to try so hard for 2021 to be a better year. I just it really are. To we have to. We were so excited for 2020. To be fair, the stakes are low. That's yeah. true. Yeah. The bar That's true. is, it's very challenging for the bar to be lower. Correct. <laughs> it's like sending things to the Spoop Hour Gmail. We're just excited to get stuff. <laughs> so. 
Okay. Anyway, so we did a three-card spread. That's the past, present, and future. So, Ashley, yours is first. For your past, you drew the Ace of Cups, which signifies love, relationships, and beginnings. The Ace of Cups brings the gift of love and key emotional events. In relationships, it signifies love and support as positive emotions flow. And in nurturing projects, the Ace heralds creativity and growth. And in the past, it seems that you've made time for those activities that you enjoyed and you saw them flourish. You may have also had a period of personal and spiritual growth in yourself because this was a time for love, kindness, and good friends and the simple joy in living each day, appreciating every moment. So it's like very loving past, you know, very rewarding. In the present, you drew the Two of Swords, which is a time to think, but also a stalemate, which... (laughs) Sorry, the 2020. Circumstances being what they are, it is kind of a stalemate. When I started doing the research for this card, I was like, fuck. Happy to help, friends. Happy to help. (laughs) It shows basically like thinking time before you make a decision. A situation in your life has reached a stalemate. So you can view this period as like a truce or like a rest before further negotiation. The tendency is to protect yourself and have a little peace and maybe not take action. But unfortunately, this upcoming battle may not go away. Resolve it now and it's done. Otherwise, the situation will fester and could return. I have a question about the battle. Yes. Will it go better if it's set to Mamma Mia by ABBA? I think yes. so. Yes. Okay. Everything is better set to Mamma yes. Mia by ABBA. That's true. <laughs> That's why that movie is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go again. Oh. So as there are two swords on the card, this like t- number two can reveal a person that you cross swords with. It's likely that your difficult person is sharp-tongued, but don't be afraid of a lashing. Stand your ground and say what you think. Whatever your experience of the two of swords, help will be at hand in the form of supportive friends, loved ones, and colleagues. Listen to advice and take the best practical steps forward. Holy shit. All right. So I'm watching Kelsey's face and she's like hiding further and further into her blanket because it's literally... It's very accurate. Uh, My life is. Not between us. Not between us. We're fantastic. Should clarify. Sounds like what you'd say if you were the toxic person with the sharp tongue. See, see, Kelsey is one of those people who is going to be... The supportive friend, right? That was a really good save. I'm very, very happy with that. And not not the other person on us with the sword. I'm also an air sign, so I'm represented by swords in tarot. So I was like, when Ashley told me she got that card, I was like, oh, it's not about me. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I have had not one, but two psychics tell me to stop being friends with Sasha. So. Oh, no. Psychics hate me. There's something about me that they hate. One of them was literally on the other side of the country and was like, there's a black hole in your life that's just <laughs> sucking all your energy and you got to cut him out. And I'm like, Shit. <laughs> who told you about Sasha? <laughs> that is so aggressive. Oh, that's man. So yeah. right? Okay, I want to hear Ashley's future now. Okay, so future. Your of podcast co-host will kill you. That's weird. Watch out for murder by what? an Aquarius. We don't know. <laughs> They're pretty cold and awful, so like it could be any time or any place. <laughs> the three of pentacles, which I always want to call pentacles. I want it to rhyme with tentacles. To but it, this day, like when I texted you their card selections, yeah. I read it as pentacles. Yeah, so same. it just like trips me up every time. And both of you had a pentacles in your in your <laughs> drawings. All right, so you gotta the, grab life the by the pentacles. 
<laughs> okay, so Three of Pentacles, their future, which is enterprise and success. The meaning of the Three of Pentacles is rewarding work. It often shows you that you are ready to let your talents shine in public. This card is a good card for creatives, predicting that your projects will be finished and appreciated, possibly in a public space. You may launch a new project, receive a commission, give a lecture, lead an important event, give a speech, perform live. Whatever the occasion is, you will shine. This card is sometimes called the architect, as you will establish a lasting project that allows you to stand head and shoulders above both your friends and enemies alike. The downside to this card is that as you succeed, you may sense a touch of envy around you, and it may feel uncomfortable as you're not used to negative attention. But don't worry, because this jealousy is transitory and will not blemish your confidence or harm your progress. Detractors can only make you stronger. Hey. I believe that tarot card is saying, haters gonna hate. <laughs> haters gonna hate. And so, you're gonna be awesome. I love that. That's basically that was a saying. very, like full circle kind of thing. Wow. I feel like we went on a journey <laughs> together and like I'm very happy with the ending, the middle part. I gotta work through some shit, but like <laughs> Yeah. That's fine. You'll it's, figure it's it out. It's gonna go to a good place. <laughs> Love that. This was yeah. this is so cool. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Alright, Kelsey, you ready for yours? Yes. Yes. Okay. So for your past you drew the sun, which was success, good health and a holiday. The Ooh. sun brings success and achievement. The holiday they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the past. It could be at literally any point in your prior existence. any vacation that very, you've taken. Very, very true. Very, very true. Continue. The sun brings success and achievement and is one of the most positive cards in the major arcana. If you have had a challenging time in the past, the sun showed you that every aspect of your life could improve. You found yourself enjoying more energy and improved health. Your projects benefited from your new energy, and you were given more time to nurture your creative endeavors and the relationships you value. You spent happy times with friends and family who made you smile, and maybe were reunited with an old friend. You felt carefree and creative, nurturing your inner child. So that's the past. Okay. Your present is the Queen of Pentacles. Again, pentacles, tentacles. Pentacles. <laughs> pentacles. <laughs> pentacles. And again, that's your present. The Queen of Pentacles is a reliable woman. She's usually well-off, generous, and supportive, and has a strong maternal instinct, is affectionate and wise. And she can be an older woman in your life, or she could be you as a young woman with wisdom beyond her years. This card in a reading shows up as a benefactor. You might find yourself supported in practical ways through maybe financial means or management or help, and just general advice and wisdom. It also serves as a reminder to continue to care for yourself, body, mind, and um, financially. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm with yes. That. Really big for you. <laughs> I'm like, it's it's resonating pretty hard yeah. right now, not gonna lie. <laughs> Are your parents the Queen of Pentacles? <laughs> I mean, yes. Especially because doesn't Pentacles signify earth signs? I mean, I, so. I do. I'm such an astrology hoe, so that's why I always go there. But both I my parents so, yeah. are Earth. So. Uh, how my guide would be right now. <laughs> so yeah, sorry to put you on the spot. No, oh, yeah, I only kind. know tarot from astrology. So. <laughs> <laughs> I look at it very much in that sense. So yes, I did run home to two Earth signs. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome. All right, so your future, mm-hmm. Ten of Wands. This is responsibilities and a burden. The Ten of Wands reveals that you will be carrying too much on your shoulders. You may become so used to being overloaded that you lose sight of the reason that you're doing the work in the first place. It's a common card for those who multitask and constantly respond to a wide range of demands. 
Consider saying no to any requests and decide which projects or jobs you can stop or hand over to someone else. There's a real need for delegation and support from others. No one expects you to carry, on the, uh, carry this on your own, and this goes for emotional burdens too. They all need to be shared. You may also be carrying issues from the past that you need to confront and seek guidance on. But on a more positive note, this card reveals that you can be successful with introspection and management or delegation of your time and resources and of your just yourself, like what you can do. You may need to look for less demanding work so that you can pay attention to your neglected relationships and to yourself. And the people that you link up with will support you through this release of your burden. Sasha, were you here an hour ago when I was literally on the phone with Kelsey? <laughs> 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 I swear to God, everything that just came out of your mouth could have been anything that Ashley said literally at 5 30 today. <laughs> I was like, you need to like oh take God. some time for yourself because I'm yeah. a workaholic and that's how I prefer to live my life. Mm-hmm. So I say you should not like, do you know, that. You gotta delegate. share the burden with others. You gotta you can't shoulder it by yourself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Trust in the cards. <laughs> what do the cards say? What did the card say? I will. I'm going to have to go back to this like numerous times. I'm like beat yeah. red because literally it was so you, accurate. You were sinking into the blanket. Just, <laughs> I was like, oh God. You guys can't see her because podcasts are not a visual medium. We are like two seconds away from like full comforter over face. <laughs> oh, yeah, man no, cannot I'm, get Kelsey. <laughs> I normally live in California. I don't think we mentioned this on air. I normally live in California. I fled home to Chicago to be with my parents for the quarantine and it snowed today, which is the reason I left Chicago. So I am currently under... I have a heating blanket, I have two comforters, and then, like, another blanket. So I was, like, sinking into a hole. (laughs) (laughs) Sasha was reading that because it was too accurate. Man, I think I'm going to go do a reading for myself now. I think I should. I am on fire today. (laughs) Pew, 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 pew. Pew, pew. All right, well, now that we've had some spoopy warm-up, did anything spooky happen to anyone currently on the video chat this week? Oh, that's a good question. I have something queued up. Please. <laughs> yeah, we, go for we it. We need a moment. Yeah, you go while here. we think. I saw a post on Tumblr, the spookiest thing, once again, being that I still have and use a Tumblr. <laughs> In this, the year 2020. <laughs> In this, the year 2020 vibes. <laughs> and it, it, I just read it and I was like, this is my podcast. And it's just a text post that says, RIP to husbands in horror movies, but I'm different. If my wife was hysterically explaining her paranoid delusions about paranormal violence in the home to me, I would simply remain calm and support her, because she's probably right. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that post had big spoop hour energy. It really does. It really does. That's the spooky thing that happened to me. That and I had, last night, I had the fourth nightmare in a row about being in marching band. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. As a grown-ass woman, my nightmares have turned into I am in some way performing with a marching band and I am underprepared. Last night, it was the classic, I have the black socks, I do not have the shoes. So I'm, like, trying to fake my way through a performance without proper marching shoes. Oh, no. Courtney, that's like me once a week. I have a, you didn't learn the choreography, where the fuck were you? Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, night in a row uh, of this fucking like, and it's always variations. I'm Thirty. Like, this one was like a special college commemorative marching band thing that I was doing the night before. It was there was a debate about whether I'd march with color guard or trumpet, which is ridiculous because <laughs> obviously trumpet. I'm not that good at color guard. And then like the night before, it was uh, I didn't know any of the drill, and I woke up mid dream trying to figure out where the forty yard line was because all I knew was that I started on the forty yard line. Four that nights is- of this nonsense. It will not end. 
No. That is some brutal paranormal shit. I am sorry. <laughs> my, let's see. I was doing yard work and I found a snake just in the lawn. And it a became snake? my friend. So now I have a familiar. It lives in my garden. That's fine. <laughs> you already have a cat. I don't think you can have multiple yeah. familiars. Yeah, but don't familiars have to find you? So I guess the snake would count. Yeah, yeah but the cat technically also found you. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Well, then we, we have an extra Mona. friend. Oh, there you go. So, so Mona's my familiar, but now we also have another another friend. Gotcha. Okay. And it's I'm a fine snake. with this. It's very cute. Maybe yes. it's a demon okay. who's come to like lend its power to your spells. Ooh. That's a thing, probably. Okay, I can get behind that. Love it. That's why my tarot was extra good today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have the snake. The snake's enhancing powers. Yeah. <laughs> slithering on in, slithering on in, if you will. <laughs> I'm trying to think if like anything. It wasn't. I went for a walk the other day Ugh, around. The uh, <laughs> but outside. I know it was bold, but it was the one day that we had here that was like 80 degrees, and I was like, I need the sunshine because I've been living in a cave, and like I had my mask on, but there was this lady who was walking in a literal like she had a garbage bag around her face, a garbage bag around her clothes and her pants, and I was like, that's the kind of energy that I need to emit when I am yeah. out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And she had, like, these, like, big sunglasses on, too, and I was like, "Mm okay. Respect. (laughs) She's ready. And I didn't even (laughs) flinch, because, like, that's 2020, so. Yeah, 2020 vibes. No questions asked. No questions asked. None. I don't have any paranormal stuff. Normally, I'm like, I mean, I watch a lot of paranormal, and I read a lot of paranormal, so normally I have more, but nope. Nope. nope, not today. Mm, Nothing creepy's fun. happened in this house, and I'm a I'm a keep that energy. <laughs> that's a good energy. Yeah, <laughs> you you ran away to safety, so we got to keep it safe. Yeah, exactly. that's why you're not having yeah. paranormal things, is because you're in the realm of parental safety. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think the freakiest thing that ever happened was on our podcast was when Kelsey and I oh, were talking. God. What was the episode, Pips? It was. It was really early on. It was like our first October episode. We were talking about haunted houses, oh. and I think it's like it's labeled under haunted houses, and it's like maybe episode ten if. And I was I grew up in a haunted house in Milwaukee, oh. like full out. Lived there for I think it was six or eight years. I can't remember. So. I was like telling the story, which I do not tell regularly at all. And I sit next to my internet when Ashley and I record and it, like, we never have problems. Like even to this day, like this is the only episode out of what, however many we've done now. We're in the sixties or seventies, I think. And it like completely cut out and you can hear on the audio. We kept it in like Ashley's sitting there being like, Kelsey, <laughs> Kelsey, <laughs> Like, just as we were for you, Sasha. And it was like, it's, and it's never happened since. And it was the only time it ever happened. And we both were like, okay, that's enough. Well, then I like texted her because I was like, my lamp literally just turned off and I'm nowhere near it. I was like, like, Kelsey, what have you done? I was so upset. (laughs) Oh, God. Because Ashley's like a sweet pea and doesn't do that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. All right, crew. So, what are we talking about today? Norse uh, mythology. mythology. You can't so see it, but I'm I, dancing. So, <laughs> real talk. I partially suggested this as a topic because I recently got a question wrong at virtual trivia about Norse mythology, and I was like, "This is off-brand for me. I should know more about Norse yeah, mythology." It's like now I have to know everything about it. Yeah. I was like, "What the." fuck 
mistletoe. I didn't think mistletoe would fine. I'm going to learn about Norse mythology now. Yes. Wait. The how is, is mistletoe, mistletoe related to North mythology? So Frigga had this son who was. Like, she made everything on Earth swear that it couldn't kill him, but she forgot to get one thing, which Loki figured out, and the trivia question was, what was the one thing? And I put himself, because I thought I was being clever, right? Like, you (laughs) didn't ask your son not to... (laughs) But no, it was mistletoe. Huh. And now I'm haunted by that. So here we are. (laughs) So you asked the history podcast girls to figure it out. Yes. (laughs) I make you do my homework so I don't have to. It's fair. It's understandable. (laughs) Not going to get another question wrong at trivia about it. <laughs> <laughs> we're fine. We're not bitter. We've moved on. It's We've no, moved it's on. This is healthy. It's fine. This... Who cares who finished first or third at that particular <laughs> virtual trivia? Who cares? Not me. I sure don't. I would say, like, the one thing that I would say that Kelsey and I find, like, our funnest fact about Norse mythology is the fact that the start of the world was from a primordial cow whose udders dripped out the, you know, like, the different seven worlds. That makes sense with what I know of the world. (laughs) I love it. The frost giants were created from two sweats from an armpit of Ymir. Again, that makes sense with what I know of the world. (laughs) Wait, I need to, like, I need to delve Egyptian mythology also has very interesting starts. Kelsey and I lost it right now. You'll really mess with you, though. Oh my god! Someday we're gonna do an episode on like creation myths and like why are we here? Like (laughs) cow drippings and armpit stuff is gonna come up. If you need us, we'll be here for you. That sounds like another collaboration. (laughs) That let's start with let's start with Loki. Okay. Yeah, let's yeah. start with, with that tricksy motherfucker. So, <laughs> Loki is a very multifaceted, interesting person because he, I feel like, you know, everyone knows him from the of Thor movies and the Avengers world, and they don't really play on the fact that, like, he's a trickster for a reason. He just loves pulling pranks and, like, you know, whether he is accidentally, or not accidentally, but, like, cutting Lady Sif's hair off in the middle of her sleep because that was her prized possession just for a good laugh at Thor, like, but look what I did to you. But, like, he has a lot of just interesting stories. And I think my dad, his favorite one that he would tell us when I was younger was how Slepner came to be. Um, I don't know if y'all are familiar with Slepner. I know about Slepnir. In fact, when I got the question wrong about mistletoe at trivia, I was like, why couldn't ask me about the eight-legged horse? Yes. Slepnir came up in my notes. <laughs> He's got some wild origins. Because uh, first of all, okay, I'll just, I'll just, I'll start with the story. I'm going to tell you guys a tale. So prepare. So. <laughs> Everyone cozy? <laughs> we know Kelsey is. So. <laughs> so at the beginning of, you know, Asgard's creation, the, the Odin's, people were really like thriving the most. They wanted to protect Asgard from outside people and they weren't really sure how they were going to do it. Well, lo and behold, a mason approached them and said, hey, I can build you this master wall that's going to like lock everything in. No trolls are going to be able to climb it. No ice giant can penetrate it. Like you're going to be solid. All I would like in return is the sun and the moon in Freya's hand in marriage. Freya. Is that all? Yeah. Super casual. No big deal. No. <laughs> and the gods were like, um, are you on crack? Like, why would we do this? <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're kind of ready to like reject this little mortal down. Freya is very like, oh, thank God. I'm still going to be up here. We're fine. Loki yeah. is like, well, 
we could get something out of this. Like, you know, there's no way a mortal is going to be able to build this within a year timeline if we give him that. You know, we will say you can't have any outside help like, from any other human being. It just has to be, like, you with no other one helping you. You know, like, we'll just offer up Freya. Like, that's, like, well, maybe we'll put the moon and the sun in. So he's, like, with all these restrictions, there's no way he's going to do it. And the gods are kind of like, okay, all right, like, we'll we'll do it. So the guy starts getting to work, (laughs) and they're watching, like, ha, ha, ha. You know, at least we're going to have a partially built wall then. We can figure it out. This buddy is moving Fast. He has a super powerful horse that's helping him that can go out to the quarries and pick up the strongest rocks and just haul them all back. He is moving like unbelievably fast at putting all this. He's apparently very strong. And slowly, there's only like one day left within the year and all he has left to do is the gates. The gods are like, what the fuck? We're going <laughs> to live in eternal darkness. We're so screwed. Why did we do this? Oh, yeah, it was Loki's fault. And Loki's like, shit, guys, like, I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I didn't bank on this super powerful horse. Wait, I have a clue. So Loki decides, oh, my God, I'm a shapeshifter. I'm going to turn into a horse. Don't worry. I got this. I'm going to, like, be a beautiful mare and, like, get this horse to leave him. A sexy lady horse. Yeah, a lady horse, because Loki's kind of gender fluid sometimes. Anyways, so... <laughs> it's fine. Loki. It's 2020. Yeah, yeah it's right? 2020 vibes. It's fine. 2020 vibes. I'm dying. Okay, so Loki, like, gets the horse to leave, and, like, the guy's like, well, I'm fucked. I can't carry these things by myself. I can't make the gates, realizing that the only way this happened was Loki interfered. So he, like, strips off his, like, mortal costume. Turns out he's a frost giant as he goes to, like, defeat the gods, thinking he can do it on his own. So we're just, like, kind of, like, smacks him, and he's done. He's dead. So So he shows up two days late with Starbucks, like, hey, guys, what's been going on? What the fuck? <laughs> so like during this time they're like oh yeah like all we have to do is put the gates up it's great but then like loki's kind of gone for a certain amount of months <laughs> specifically <out>. nine months <laughs> comes he back to go take care of a sick relative it's fine it's fine he's comes- living with his rich wealthy childless aunt yes who's very ill right now super ill needs some help around the house it's a mutual beneficial thing (laughs) and he comes back with this baby horse that says eight legs and everyone's like the fuck is this so (laughs) uh, he he gives the horse to odin with the promise that nobody will ask the birth origins and who its parents are How did you get a horse? Oh, it's casual. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Baby horse. But I also like that two horses mated and it came out with eight legs instead of the traditional four like horses have. Loki's got some powerful ovaries. He really does have powerful ovaries. (laughs) His ovaries are so powerful. It just creates a whole new set of horse legs. It's fine. It's a it's moon, fine. guys. Like, we should it's all channel moon. it for 2025. You guys have seen spiders, right? It's basically that, but horse-sized. It's fine. It's I don't nice. know why everybody's being weird. <laughs> yeah. So he. A lot of creatures come from Loki. He just has that special darkness within that produces a lot. And some are born, like, the, the world serpent is definitely... Yormagander. Yeah. I know his name, too. Fucking mistletoe. Yep. (laughs) So sorry. 
So sorry. <laughs> she is a very powerful serpent because, okay, so basically, like, he's married. He does have a wife at Asgard. Homeboy ain't faithful. They never are. And he had like relations men. with another frost giant, and he had three very powerful offspring with her. He had Hela, which is wrong in the Thor movies. She is not Owen's daughter. Very upset about it. It's fine. Also, half <laughs> of her body is supposed to be rotting, but no one also saw that. <laughs> I did not sit there being like, what the fuck is this during the theater? But I did. So, (laughs) (laughs) so anyways, you know, like Jorgamunder, Jorgamunder, she becomes the size of the world because Odin realizes she's going to be someone to beat. And during another kind of small story is she almost did die before Ragnarok. Thor is in this competition with Heimer, Himmer, I don't know his name, for who's the best fisherman. And he catches Jorgamunder. And he's about to, like, clobber her with his hammer. And the guy, like, cuts the line and lets it go. And she's like, I'm going to see you in Ragnarok and get you back. And she pieces out to the ocean. And during Ragnarok, (laughs) they do fight. She finds him. And he, like, has a mighty blow to the head on her head. And she dies. But not before her venomous pouches explode all over him. And he, too, dies. So she really Mm. had the last laugh. That's also what happens if you try to kill me. Anyone at home thinking about (laughs) killing me? Hey, my venomous pouch will explode. Yeah, 100%. Really it is rigged to, to explode know. upon my death, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I think everyone's favorite child of Fen- is Fenrir, this massive wolf, which also was wrong in the Thor movies, but once again, I digress. So. It's okay. We, I will let you speak to that if you want when we get to my part, which is yeah, girl. all the Marvel <laughs> stuff is wrong. So much wrong. So much wrong. Like, they got that Thor was an attractive man, but... (laughs) I mean, the Marvel movies are really usually very historically accurate. Yeah, they're on point most of the time. I don't know what happened with these ones. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. Maybe Taika Waititi was just like, I could read the source material, but what if I didn't? Well, what if... So, I'll get into that. Just... (laughs) Pump the brakes, Courtney. It's not Taika's fault. I'm not genuinely blaming him. I love him. You know I love him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't blame him. Never blame him for anything. Somehow, once again, a a wolf was born out of a union between a god and a frost giant. Not sure how the genetics worked there, but they did. Magical uh, ovaries. Yes, magical ovaries. I was going to say, this sounds like Loki's magical ovaries. Yes, really. I am so proud that I coined that. So (laughs) that I shouldn't be. Episode title. (laughs) Loki's magical ovaries. Mm Mm-hmm. Either that or 2020 vibes. But, so, you know, Odin swoops up all of these children, recognizes that they're going to be a problem at some point, specifically Fenrir. And he was getting to be a very big boy. So Tyr, the god of war, (laughs) was the only one... boy, TM. (laughs) I hate myself sometimes. So, anyways. (laughs) Tyr, the god of war, was the only one brave enough to feed him. And... He would. He was considered a friend to Fenrir. Fenrir viewed him that way. Meanwhile, you know, he's living on Asgard. The gods are actually trying to plot a way to get rid of him because he is just growing too big and they're terrified of him, to be quite honest. So they come up with this idea of, quote-unquote, testing his strength by binding him with chains. But they sell it like, oh, we want to see how strong you are. Because the gods know that he would never willingly be like, yeah, tie me up, people. Like, that's totally fine. <laughs> it definitely isn't my king. I don't know, people are into that, though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, yep, that's the thing. This isn't the first time I've floated the theory that are we sure this wasn't someone exploring their kink instead of, like, mythology. So. I love that. People interpret things in the wrong way sometimes. Yeah. You know, 
It's fine. I love how uncomfortable Ashley is. This is my favorite game oh to God. play because Ashley gets really uncomfortable. Anything beyond PG-13, especially if I mentioned it. Kink excuses. It's fine. Kink excuses. Kink don't excuses. Yuck, don't yuck my yum. You gonna finish? Are you good? Yep. You yep, need I'm a sec? Good. Do you need some water? I have some. But no. Okay. <laughs> So during these tests, they would cheer and pretend to be very happy every time he broke through the chains. They kind of quickly realized that nothing was going to hold him. So they reached out to the dwarves who were known for like all of the great buildings that they could do. Like they created Mjolnir. So Mm -hmm. they're like, they can help us. And they create this really light, thin chain that is supposed to hold Fenrir. So when the gods presented this chain to Fenrir, he was kind of like, well, this is sus. They obviously (laughs) consulted help to get it. Why... (laughs) Would I just let myself be be tied up? Because he didn't probably think it was kinky. Anyway. (laughs) Or he didn't have a safe word that he had established with everyone. And he was like, how do I explain that there are boundaries to the tie me up game? It wasn't a healthy relationship between him and his partners. and That is very true. Yeah, and we'll see that when Some people don't have that comfortability. So, So he's like, all right, this is my, his, his version of a safe word. He says, so... I will let myself be tied up if one of you puts your arm in my jaw as a trust of faith. (laughs) All the gods are like, fuck no. Uh, So they're all kind of like twiddling their thumbs like, oh, who's it going to be? And Tyr is like, I mean, I guess I will. We have the friendship. If I don't take this fall for anybody, like, we're fucked. So he gets up there. They were definitely together. Totally. It's a thing. (laughs) Oh, man. It's Um, he, he does it and he puts his arm in Fenrir's jaws and they chain him up and Fenrir realizes pretty quickly, he's like, mm, I was definitely deceived. And he does bite off Tyr's hand and swallow it. Ah. And he's tied up there until Ragnarok, his jaws are pried open. And when he does free himself during Ragnarok, he kind of runs around the world and just eats everything in his sight. He does kill Odin and then Thor kills Fenrir. And I think the whole oh, thing good. about Fenrir is that, like, he wasn't actually evil. Like, he really did just want to be friends with these gods and goddesses. Ooh. But because of this That's treatment, so they were like, he became the beast that everyone thought he was. Aww. Yeah, tragic, right? Tragic. He was just a good yeah. pauper. Mm-hmm. I can relate to, like, being set free and eating everything in sight, though. Totes. 2020 I get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Earlier today, I compared myself to No Face from Spirited Away, where all I want to do is eat things. And then when people uh, stop feeding me, I get really uh, angry. Yes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I also am frequently giving gold to people and making a weird sound while I do it. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. <laughs> that's what I have to contribute. That's my Loki okay. lore. <laughs> I love it. So this is me going over Marvel's Thor versus Thor of Norse mythology. Oh, this me is good. Yes. Pushing up my glasses and going, well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> But feel free to step in if anything is wrong or if you can elaborate on anything. So I've got, like, kind of ten major points. Hell yeah. One, Thor is not just the god of thunder. The Thor from Norse mythology serves functions beyond just the creation of lightning and thunder. He's also the god of the tides, fair weather, and good crops. And invoking his name on the battlefield could bring victory. Invoking his name elsewhere could also bring protection from disease and even fertility. So, invoke his name in bed, apparently. Ladies. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> I'm just imagining someone. No. I'm just. Thor is a weird safe word. <laughs> it's not a safe word. 
But like, if you're going for fertility, Thor is the keep going word. Oh, no. <laughs> he is also possibly the god of oak trees, as a lot of shrines that are dedicated to him are constructed with oak wood. So, two, Thor is a redhead. Chris Hemsworth is hot, but he's not a redhead. <laughs> the end. Chris Hemsworth is hot, period. Sentence over. We don't need to know anymore. <laughs> The Thor of antiquity is usually described as having the red hair emblematic of famous Vikings like Eric the Red, and usually had a long and unkempt beard, which did happen in Avengers Endgame. He had the beard, so that's fine. And a, and a but, beard gut. Uh, <laughs> Thor, but, and he had a beard gut, and he liked to play <laughs> video games and, like... <laughs> Kids I think on the that internet. all of those would be true of Vikings were they alive today. Right, so. they, they would. Oh, I think, for sure. I think he, he was living an interesting, maybe not his best life, but he was living an interesting life. <laughs> um, Thor having blonde hair has been referenced in at least one story, but it's believed to be the result of Christian themes that began to bleed into Norse mythology in the 13th century. Three, and Ashley already kind of went over this about Loki, and we're going to talk about like, three and four our family stuff. So three, Loki is not actually Thor's brother, but he was actually Odin's friend. And then more often than not, Loki and Thor were allies more than enemies. He can be annoying, but he's not like the true antagonist for Thor. And then four, family stuff. Hela, like Ashley said before, is the daughter of Loki, not Thor and Loki's sister. Also, the the eight-legged horse, I had to put that in my notes because I was like, shit. Because <laughs> there's a fucking eight-legged horse that came out of Loki. <laughs> and he also had a more human-like son named Nari, who was just like the one kid who popped out that... <laughs> I'm sorry, did we just forget about it? <laughs> yeah, Can you like, imagine being the he one, normal like, kids. boring, normal son, yeah. though? <laughs> he had normal kids. I <laughs> want, he also I had an eight-legged horse. I want a sitcom with him. I want a sitcom with just like... Thor's sad reject. <laughs> I'm just imagining he like comes home with his like the first significant other he brings home to meet the family. It's like this is my sibling, a horse that has eight legs. <laughs> da 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 da. <laughs> Why are you running? It seems like this title Sons of Odin may have been thrown around a lot because there's like Con- like, I don't know, controversial opinions about who Thor's actual brothers are. But the names that I found included Baldur, Heimdall, Tyr, maybe also Vali, Vidar, and Hermod. And then also Thor is actually half-giant, and his mom's not Freya, but is actually a earth giant earth goddess named Jord? 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 Yeah. Probably Jord. And also, speaking of giants, they're not what we think of as giants these days. Apparently, they're... They were excessively large beings, they were gigantic, but they're not really, like, any taller than, like, Thor and his friends. They were just, like, big They projected, folks. like, tall person Yeah, energy. they were like, I am big, but it's like when you see a mountain lion and you're just trying to be like, I'm big, I'm big, but you're not <laughs> really big. They had big dick energy before it was big, a thing. Yes, so the, the giants weren't really, like, massive skyscraper building type creatures. They just had big dick energy. You also don't have to be worthy to wield Mjolnir. It is indeed a magical mallet, but really anyone could pick it up, though using it involves skill and additional equipment, specifically some magical iron gloves called Yarnglofar. Mjolnir will return when you throw it, if you're wearing that. And then there was a mystical belt called Megingjord, 
that also was said to double his strength. And that was apparently a throwaway line in a Spider-Man, one of the the newer Spider-Man movies. I didn't see them, so I don't know. That's my one, like, blind spot in Marvel. But also, on at least one occasion, a giant stole Thor's hammer, so he was able to just pick it up. And it also has additional abilities, like shrinking down to fit into Thor's pocket. So, like, put it in there. (laughs) It must be nice to be a man and have things shrink to fit in your pockets rather than having your pockets to shrink so that nothing fits. (laughs) It must be nice to be a man just to have pockets because often ours are sewed shut. So Yes. (laughs) Oh, it's just for decoration. What the fuck is that about? (laughs) Pocket. This was one of my favorite ones. Thor can't actually fly. So when we see Thor flying in, like, the Marvel movies and it seems like he's, like, being pulled along by Mjolnir. Really, the way he flew was that he had a chariot that could be pulled through the skies by his two trusty goats. This was also a trivia question we got wrong. Yeah, they are goats. Yeah. So there's two trusty goats, and they're named Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder. (laughs) I love them already. They're not only useful in getting Thor from point A to point B, but they also possessed a remarkable regenerative ability where Thor could eat them for dinner at night, and by morning, they'd resurrect themselves, ready to go again for more traveling and eating. Basically, it's so they, fucked up! <laughs> right? They were, like, basically, these goats, though, Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder, are, like, an all-you-can-eat drive through That never stops. That's <laughs> like, gonna that's... be perfect for my thing later. <laughs> yeah. And they were also very good fighters. So they would fight oh. alongside him, and then he'd eat them, and then they'd be like, all right, we're two boss the next day. <laughs> I don't know if you ever just, read the Magnus Chase series that Rick Riordan had, but he no. has the two goats in the series, and so oh you get, God. like, their point of view of being eaten every day. <laughs> but also, what could be a better friend than the friend that you eat who is still there the next day? Right? Like, they don't feel betrayed. That is loyalty. Is that an abusive relationship? They just continue come back day after Sounds- day? pretty toxic to me. That sounds toxic. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty bad. Thor does not live in Asgard like the movies suggest. He lives in the suburbs of Asgard. He lives in the northern Virginia of Asgard. He lives in the northern Virginia of Asgard, (laughs) as in we don't actually live in D.C., though we say we We do. We don't work there, but like, we don't live there. We live in the suburbs of D.C. (laughs) So, in mythical reality, Asgard is more of a country than a kingdom, where the fancy castle that's so often depicted as housing, the throne of the Aesir is actually Valhalla, which is a great hall where Odin hangs out with the glorious dead. The rest of the Norse gods have their own homelands within the realm of Asgard, including Thor's own Thrudheim, where he lives with his family. So it's not like... Asgard is just like one king, like one like castle. It's the kingdom, and he lives in the suburbs. Thor and his friends are also not the Asgardians. They're the Aesir, A A E S I R, Aesir. They're a group of sky gods who rival the Vanir, which is another group of sky gods. And also, not everyone in the country of Asgard is a member of the Aesir, and not all of the Aesir live in Asgard. So, loose grouping. And then finally, Marvel Comics, and going to Jack Kirby and all the other people, this is again. Why I don't blame Taika Waititi for Marvel, uh, for Ragnarok not having, like, correct lore is because for the last however many years since Jack Kirby decided to use Thor as a character, they've just made up a bunch of characters, friends, enemies for Thor, including Fandral, Hogan, Volstagg, Malkith the Accursed, and Scourge the Executioner that don't actually exist in Norse mythology, but they just sound cool. But... Again, mentioned before, Loki, Hela, Freya, Odin, anyone who sounds familiar that we've talked about so far, 
and is in the Marvel canon, like our actual Norse mythology people. So that's that. It's so interesting, like the things that they decided to do. I mean, like with Lady Sif and then like obviously Mm -hmm. like got Sirt right. Like Mm -hmm. he is kind of a, a douche. Um, yeah. but <laughs> but they you know go on like make up other things just for convenience and for story points and stuff it doesn't have to well, be like the Norse mythology like it's it's yeah. still like their own version of it but it would be nice sometimes if like you know Loki actually had an eight-legged horse also in the Marvel movies that would be amazing that would have been fun and also you figure these comic books have been you know how long has Thor been around as a comic book? Like, 30 years? 40 years? And there's so many About variations of him, too. Because there's yeah, the ones so- where he's, like, a, a doctor becomes Thor by holding mm-hmm. his hammer and stuff. So it's... Just- so, like, the adaptations are cool, and Kelsey and I geek out about that stuff. <laughs> the, uh, the first appearance ever was August 1962. Yeah, so, so you figure that you're was looking 58 at years ago. 50 years of content. Almost 60. At a certain point, you're gonna run out of Norse mythology, and you're like, fuck it, let's put an executioner <laughs> yeah. in here. Let's do this. The the Warriors Three, so again, Fandral, Hogan, and Volstag, they're a fictional group, but they were made to be rooted in like that Norse mythology. I feel like we all know that Taika was over that because he killed them real quick in Thor Three. Real bye. quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, anyway, bye. See ya. Like, <laughs> was like, you got a sword, you got a sword, you got a sword. And she just like, throws them out at everybody. Aggressive. So sorry. Okay. Bye. <laughs> All right. And that was it for me. Well, Ashley, Ashley like grew up with North mythology. I just kind of like fell into it because of her. <laughs> I mean, I was frantically Googling things about an hour before we started recording. Phenomenal. So, I'm reading off my phone. <laughs> Yeah, usually on, like, our episodes and stuff, too, Ashley just gives me all the creepy stuff she doesn't want to deal with. So that's what we've done here. (laughs) I'm going to be talking about the Norse form of magic, which is called satyr, as well as their beliefs in ghosties, because they believed in ghosties. So to start off, we've got satyr, which is a form of pre-Christian Norse magic and shamanism, which is quite fun. And it was basically concerned with discerning the course of fate and working within its structure to bring about change, which was done by symbolically weaving new events into being. So essentially, they were like future future tellers, but also like they wanted to bring in a certain future, so they tell people that was their future, if that makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. They're like psychics, but manipulative about it. Or um, they're like that book, The Secret, where you manifest <laughs> the stuff that happens to you. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. They're part of all of those, like, you know, MLMs for the girls that you went to high school with that you don't talk to anymore. They're part of that. Yeah. They're like, look, I don't want to tell you your business, but the faiths say that if you don't buy the sixty nine ninety five pack of crystals from me, something bad is going to happen. So I take cash or credit. <laughs> we will talk after this episode. I have credit. <laughs> <laughs> me knowing myself, I would buy those crystals. It's fine. No so, worries. <laughs> it's a ten. So. Basically, the person who practices Sadar, their intended task is typically to involve a prophecy, a blessing, or a curse. So again, it's like future, but different. People who do this are called vulvas. Ah. <laughs> Whom among us? <laughs> <laughs> I so, think it's viola if I'm, okay. I'm just, I'm saying that because 
I would hope so with those little accent thingies, but also I just need to interrupt that I'm trying to save Kelsey from what she did to me on our Christmas episode <laughs> where I read off all these 10 Finnish names and just sound terrible. <laughs> so I want better for you, you know, Kelsey. We lead into the terrible sounding here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a full... Full hand raised, I don't know how to pronounce shit. So, Freya <laughs> is the archetype of the viola. That's what we're going with. Sure. A professional or semi-professional practitioner of satyr. It was she who first brought this art to the gods. Now, this is the part that I find really cool, is that these violas... I can't fucking do this. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm 14 years old. <laughs> I literally am too. <laughs> Wandered from town to town and farm to farm, performing oh, commission... Oh no, look out, vulvas! <laughs> An army of vulvas. Um, <laughs> run! Vibes. Every man under twenty-five. Okay. <laughs> okay. So they wander from town to town. I can't breathe. <laughs> Performing commissioned acts of magic. So this was super weird because basically, people both feared and revered them. Also thought they were bad people but also wanted them to tell them their future slash blessing so it was like very much this give and take of witchcraft of like you didn't want to cross a vulva <laughs> words to live by <laughs> I love this so much <laughs> but you also okay. <laughs> well, I'm this is so not tickled. acceptable <laughs> When I grow up, I want to be a vulva. <laughs> you, you wanted, you want, <laughs> fuck me. You wanted to keep in the vulva's good graces. <laughs> so, Obviously, duh. <laughs> because they could give you things that you wouldn't otherwise get, like yeah. magical uh, ovaries, which they gave. To, <laughs> to me. It all makes sense now. <laughs> okay, I'm breathing. I'm, I'm breathing. breathing. We're breathing. Yeah, so the these they're sort of priestesses and they were held to such a level for quite a few centuries until people like kind of just believed they were old hacks, for lack of a better term. <laughs> Which is it's sad. But there are still some Seder rituals that live on today. It's basically they're just rituals for like divination and clairvoyance. For seeking out the hidden, both the secrets of the mind and in physical locations, healing for the sick, for bringing good luck, for controlling the weather, a bunch of other stuff that doesn't matter to the everyday person. I have often thought that vulvas control the weather, so this makes a lot of sense it really, to me. Really, it brings it full circle, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then, oh god, they're most known for carrying staffs. So the vulvas... <laughs> Oh, Carry no. staffs. They fucking knew what they were doing when they did this. <laughs> oh my god. I can't, I'm, I'm like, I pulled this from a couple different sources, but I cannot imagine writing one of these articles with a straight face. I just, <laughs> any I of it. your sources, Pornhub. It's okay oh, if it no. was, we just need to know. <laughs> you know what? No. <laughs> However, I should start citing the Pornhub that I watch. Anyways, continuing on. <laughs> Ashley is like, I'm disowning everybody. That's between you and your internet service provider. It's yeah. none of our business. Yep. So moving on to ghost to ghosts, because they're the cutest and my favorite. So the Norse actually believe in ghosts pretty wholeheartedly, even still, which is fantastic. And the soul of the deceased might wind up in any one number of afterlife realms. So most people know about Valhalla. 
it's pretty common. That's where everybody wants to end up. It's where basically warriors, people of honor, nobles, anybody who's like done decent, it is an equivalent to heaven, but like not the same way as in like good and bad. It's more like, have you served well, I guess is the better way to put it. And then like, I'm gonna Falkvangir, the field of the people is the realm of the fertility goddess Freya. And that's where hell was, and it's where the majority of souls went. It's like purgatory. That's rude. <laughs> it really is. Like it, it's described as a, a sad, gray, and dismal place. Oh, extremely like, rude. What would the vulva say about this? <laughs> Poor ghosties. So, like, whichever one of these realms was pretty unknown to like where you went finally in your departure, but uh, the departed could also return as a ghost, and. They, like, believed this so wholeheartedly that it became a part of their funeral rites. And so a lot of their funeral rites were, A, send them to Valhalla, peace be with you, see you later, man. <laughs> and then, uh, we don't want you to be attacked by anybody in the afterlife. And C, we don't want you to come back and attack us, because that shit ain't cool. So, <laughs> they basically have, like, this vision of ethereal spirits that walk the earth. And that can come find you wherever you are. So the Norse ghosts were two types. They categorized them. So there's a soul who remained in or her his or her burial mound and guarded their grave, which is the Hagbui. Sure. And then the dragger, which is a soul that emerged from the grave at night, troubling the surviving family or community. I have a dates on the draugr. Oh, yes. So, strap uh, in. <laughs> Then we've done this right. So Draugr could be exceptionally tall, strong, was always hungry, shapeshift, as well as control the weather and predict the future. So basically, Volva 2.0. And <laughs> way grosser though. Way. We'll get into it, but it's not Volva great. Like, too furious. Yeah. Too Volva. Too, <laughs> too Volva. Too dark too. Volva. For <laughs> the dark Volva, yes. <laughs> Taika, why aren't you coming to us? Taika suggestions. <laughs> So yeah, so basically, this led people to create like a very intricate burial system. There were no funeral homes or undertakers, which I thought was really interesting in Europe at that time. And the deceased person's body was prepared by for burial by their family. It was therefore the family's responsibility to make sure the body was well cared for, and also their responsibility if people got haunted. So like, do your due diligence, people. <laughs> and so yeah, they would bury them with a bunch of things that were called grave goods to ensure their status in the afterlife was upheld and or they would not come back or they'd want to be a hagwi can't pronounce that hagwi that guarded their grave goods so they'd just chill out for the rest of their lives and that is what i've got i'm gonna give you a very short and sweet segment (laughs) (laughs) all right well if you guys are ready for some pretty terrible monsters although we end with a fun one Like, I like to think we end with the vulva of monsters. (laughs) (laughs) This is all courtesy of blog.vkngjewelry.com. Yes, I'm aware that's Viking without the eyes. Alehorn.com, horrorfreaknews.com, and as always, Wikipedia. You know what we haven't said in a while? Go give Wikipedia some money if you got it. Do it. They do this. They just take money from me monthly. It's fine. I just have it on autopay. Go for it. It's like, yeah. Because I use it. it. For everything. (laughs) (laughs) So, let's get into the Draugr. These are, by my opinion, 
the scariest creatures from Norse mythology because the Draugr are zombies who sometimes drink blood. So they're like vampire zombies. And I really don't like zombies, so it's going to get worse for me. (laughs) Maybe for you too. So let's just hold on tight. So their name comes from the Old Norse word meaning undead man, revenant, and ghost. So you know it's going to be a good time when they show up because they're all of those things combined in one. There are two primary kinds of Draugr in historic Norse literature. You have land Draugr and sea Draugr. Sea Draugr are the zombies of sailors who died at sea, so their corpses are usually spotted covered in seaweed and rowing a broken boat. Mm -hmm. And they will strike during stormy weather, and their move is either they'll wreck your ship outright, just like completely trash it, or they will grab the living sailors on the ship and drag them into the sea and drown them. What dicks. Very chill, (laughs) just a good, fun, nautical time. Then you have Land Draugr, which are the ones that Kelsey was talking about. Those are the zombies of people who were evil, greedy, or unpopular in life, which is a bummer, because one of those things is not like the other, namely being unpopular. Rude. So, (laughs) they spend most of their time in their graves protecting the treasure with which they were buried. When they do pop up, it is to wreak havoc in their community and torture those who wronged them in life. So be nice to everyone, even the assholes you know. <laughs> Otherwise, no zombie's gonna come back for you. Oh, God. So both varieties of Draugr have inhuman strength and the ability to change their size at will. So they can be giants if they want, which is horrifying, but that's fine. The only thing they can't change is their smell. So you can always smell them coming because it smells like death and decay. Oh, ah. fun. Just super funsies. Do they if bottle they, it? Can I buy it somewhere? It's probably <laughs> an ingredient in most perfumes. Good so to know. Good to know. That's fine. <laughs> if they decide to kill you on land, they will usually crush you, eat your flesh, drive you mad until you can't be alive anymore, or they'll just straight drink your blood until you don't have any left. So just a couple really fun, that's, chill options. That's so for, cool. Yeah. I, I love, love it. it. I mean, those are like the top three ways I'd want to go anyways. So. Yeah. I'm not like, mad about it. It's the dream. I would love to be crushed That's and have my menu. flesh eaten and have something drink my f- blood What's until on the my secret venom sacs explode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a walk in the park. Very excited about all of this. <laughs> yeah, great. They can also, and this is a very fun thing, they can also enter your dreams to torment you while you sleep. Nope. But, because they're assholes... <laughs> They always leave a little memento so that when you wake up and you're like, phew, it was just a dream, you look over and there's their fucking thing. So you know it wasn't just a dream, which Uh, is extremely uh, rude. (laughs) And I hate it. Oh my god, no. This is a lot. Oh my god. This is the fucking worst one. Mm -mm. Also, some of them are immune to weapons, so they can't be fucking killed. (laughs) This is some bullshit is what this is. Mm -mm. Mm Mm-mm. For most of them, though, extensive decay will stop them. So, like, over time, the Draugr will essentially kill itself because it just rots too much and then it can't function. Or you can set them on fire or dismember them. Those are going to be your best bets. So, fire is your friend. Wait for the natural passage of time. Oh, my God, I hate these so much. It gets better from here. I started with the worst one. (laughs) Can you imagine, though, like, being in class as, like, a little young Viking and learning, like, hey, there's these things called Draugrs. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Can you imagine being the little young Viking who isn't cool with all of the other little young Vikings? So you're, like, the unpopular kid in your class and you're like, what the fuck? This is what I'm going to be? What? It's just rude, man. (laughs) It sucks. So, in cooler notes, you have the Fossagrim, a.k.a. the Grim, 
who is a Scandinavian folkloric water spirit or troll. Fossagram usually hangs out in bodies of water, most typically rivers, and plays a fiddle, usually of the Hardinger variety, which is a fancy fiddle out of Norway. Fossagram is an excellent fiddle player, which, I put in my notes, could probably beat the devil if the devil ever, ever went down to Norway looking for a soul to steal. <laughs> Catchy tune. Love it. <laughs> when Fossagram plays, the music mimics the sound of the forest, wind, and water, so it's supposed to be this, like, incredible sound, and it just sounds like nature, and it's really good. So what, you know when you're in a forest and it's making those good, like, forest mm, noises? Yes. That's Fossagram. Ooh. He will teach you how to play the fiddle, but... You have to bring an offering. So if you want to be as good as he is at the fiddle, you have to pay him, essentially. So, some things you can pay him for, for lessons. He accepts a white goat with its head turned away, thrown into a waterfall that flows northwards. So, Thor's goats, probably solid. Good. Especially because, we'll get into it in a second, you want to make sure that it's a meaty goat. You don't want, like, a little reedy goat. Yeah. If you can't access Thor's goats... Smoked mutton stolen from your neighbor's storehouse four Thursdays in a row is fine. (laughs) (laughs) These are so specific, I kind of love it. (laughs) Weirdly, like, if you go on the Wikipedia page for the Fossagram, it lists, like, historic Norse musicians that were believed to have been, like, they had undergone Fossagram's teachings. And there's one who has a statue of a Fossagram near his grave because they thought that, like, he learned how to play the violin because he was hanging out with the Fossagram. Anyway... If your offering is of a very skinny goat that does not have enough meat on its bones, the Fossagram will only teach you how to tune a fiddle, which is a handy skill, but is not the same as learning how to play the fiddle. (laughs) If you have Thor's chunky, constantly refilling goats of magic wonder, and your offering is sufficient, the Fossagram will take your right hand and draw your fingers along the strings until they bleed. Oh, oh. But after that, you'll be able to play so well that the trees dance, and that's how you know that the, like, magic has worked, and you're really good at the fiddle. Okay. And that's the Fossagrim, who's pretty chill. <laughs> frankly. Super chill. That's after what I took away Rauger, from that. It's like, I could party with Fossagrim. He doesn't kill you. <laughs> yes, your fingers start to bleed, but then you're, like, really good at an instrument, which is kind of what we all want anyway. You know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah. Then you have the mare, which is another kind of bummer one. If you suffer from bad dreams and sleep paralysis, you might be the victim of the mare. Because the mare is a spirit that sits on your chest when you sleep. No. Oh, I think I'm very familiar with this one. (laughs) Yeah. So the mare is sometimes depicted as an evil witch, but it could also be the projection of people, often in adolescence, whose spirit wanders at night. So it was this very common belief among the people who practice Norse mythology, that when you slept, your soul would kind of go wandering. And so particularly if you were in adolescence, when your soul wandered, it would turn into a mare and then just go fuck with people. And then you'd like wake up and be fine. But if you find yourself, you have the mare sitting on your chest, you're going to start to have a nightmare. And the mare may also choke you or tangle your hair to the point where it's really hard to untangle it. So it's called Marelocks. So if you wake up and your hair is just like a horrible mess and you've had nightmares, <laughs> so like me for the past four mornings, you've been hit by a mare. Oh, good. Also, Yay. this power is not limited to humans. So if a mare touches a tree, that's how you get trees that have like the gnarled overlapping roots. Oh, oh that's fun. Oh. Those are tree Marelocks. That's cool. Yeah. And then are you guys ready to close out with a fun one? Hell yeah. 
How about sexy lady spirits who are warden of the forest? Yes. I love this for us. All here for that. They have have big vulva energy, and I'm here for it. Yes. (laughs) So... These are the Huldra, and they're basically a hot AF land siren. So they're usually described as being incredibly beautiful and seductive. And they only have two flaws. Their back is covered in tree bark, which is fine. Frankly, is kind of rad. And they also have long cow tails, which they say is a negative. But if you're going to have a tail, a cow tail is a pretty good one to have. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't fight a cow tail. Although, knowing me, I'm such like a... Like, uh, I love, like, pimple-popping videos that mm-hmm. I want to, like, try to take the bark off. Oh, yeah. I, I, it doesn't say what happens if you try to take the bark off, but I can't imagine it's anything good. I can't good. imagine it's good. <laughs> I don't think I'd no. be in good favor. So, Huldras are usually, like, almost exclusively they are sexy lady spirits. Ooh. Very rarely in folklore will you find male Huldra, but Norway does have Huldra call, who are the males of the species, and they are described to be hideous and have grotesquely long noses. How like men. I like men. So, the Huldra are a subdivision of the Ra, who are protective spirits of various locations in the human world. So, you get Ra over, like, the household, over, like, water, or whatever. They specifically are for the forest. So, they hang out in and around the forest, mostly. They have a particular soft spot for charcoal burners. And so, they will watch over their kilns while the charcoal burners sleep. So, if the human men take a break and take a little nap. If they are on friendly terms with the Huldra, the Huldra will make sure like the forest doesn't burn down and like keep an eye on their kiln shit. As thanks though, if a Huldra is watching your kiln, you want to leave out a small offering. Otherwise, they're going to get grouchy and they're going to leave you on your own. They will also sometimes wander into villages in the guise of sexy young women, but the illusion is ruined if you spot the cowtail. So like you'll fall under their thrall because you'll be like, holy shit, she's so hot. But then if you see the cowtail, boom, illusion ruined. You no longer are into it. Sometimes the Huldra hang out at the edges of the forest and wait for young unmarried men to wander a little too close, at which point they'll lure the young men away and trap them as slaves, lovers, or just a tasty snack. Like, they will full-on eat them. Oh, I love it. Just, you know, as you do. When you're looking like a snack, <laughs> you can blame them. And then if the Huldra doesn't eat you and you do manage to get away, for the rest of your life, you're going to be tempted to go back to the woods and find the Huldra again. Like, once they are in your system, you are like, I realized that I was their slave, and I was their love slave, and they made me do stuff, but also, like, what if I go back, though? What if I go back, though? Like, what if I just, you know... What if I just go back? I'll I'll just go back. It's fine. So for the rest of your life, you're going to be like... I could go back to the Huldra, and it's going to be really tempting. It's fine. And those are the Huldra, the sexy lady spirits who guard the forest. Awesome. Love it. I got really excited about them. (laughs) As you should. So, yeah, those are some Norse mythology bits and pieces. I didn't know much, like, about the monster aspect. That was not part of our bedtime storytelling routine as a kid. However... I am thankful that they weren't because those are fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ashley, remember, if no one likes you in this life, you might come back as a terrible zombie. Yeah. Sweet dreams, sweet dreams. <laughs> Go have fun. Or better yet, you might end up in a sad, gray, dismal mid-place. That, yeah. That's, that's an answer, too. Yeah, that's yeah, an answer, don't too. Don't worry about it. Oh, and also make sure your soul doesn't go wandering because then you're going to choke some people. Have a great night. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag blessed. So, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, Ashley man. and Kelsey, do you guys want to plug your podcast? 
Yes. Sure. Tell yes. people where to find you. <laughs> Kelsey, do you want to do it? Because <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will attempt. Though Ashley has the script. I'll. I'll tell what it's about. You'll tell the socials. How about that? Yes, totally works. Does that work? Okay, fantastic. So we have a podcast called Make It Modern. It is a history podcast where we take old shit and basically discuss what it would be like in modern times. So awesome. So yeah, so like Romeo and Juliet on Bumble is a great one. (laughs) We also discuss astrology a lot because I love Mm -hmm. astrology. Y'all were our Libra episode. I was going to say, we were on the what it's like to date a Libra episode because we are both Libras and disasters to date. So that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I loved your episode. It's one of my favorites. So yeah, so we we have a very eclectic eclectic mood going on over there at Make It Modern. We kind of we kind of adapt as we go like, oh yes, this could be something. (laughs) You guys have done some really interesting topics though. Yeah. So I love it. Oh, thanks, friends. Thank you. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much any platform that has podcasts and if you want to follow us on social our twitter and instagram is at capital m-i-m underscore podcast and you can find us on facebook at make it modern podcast yay yay so sleek so modern (laughs) if you aren't already following spoop hour and you would like to we are at spoop hour on twitter and instagram instagram is going to be where you get other people's pet pictures images from our episodes so if you're like what the fuck does an eight-legged horse look like go check out our instagram use because your I'll imagination post a picture of it. <laughs> i'm so or excited. use your imagination <laughs> where do the other four legs come in who cares if, if an eight-legged horse wore pants would it wear pants <laughs> <laughs> i like can imagine like, like i know or all are the legs are on the bottom part but i'm imagining f- them like in a circle, so like, then just like a <laughs> denim circle of pants going around the same like an horse. Or are four of the I legs like the back vision. legs, and the f- and like four of the legs the front legs, and it would wear a shirt. We just don't know. We just don't know. So if you have theories as to how an eight-legged horse would wear pants, email spoopour at gmail.com. We also take first-hand spooky experiences. So if you've ever seen a ghost, if you ever know someone who has seen a ghost, if you've ever had anything even vaguely spooky happen to you, or if you just want to tell us a spooky story, send us pictures of your pets, whatever, spoopour at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. If you went for a walk during quarantine and came across a, <laughs> a man in a tri-corner legs. hat. A man in a tri-corner hat. In colonial regalia, about it. tell me about it because we might have something in common. <laughs> we may <laughs> see the man same in ghost. a tricorner hat who came across a person who said, "I'm going to talk about this on my podcast." <laughs> Email spoopar at gmail.com because you may have met Sasha. So <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. Thank you so much for being here, Ashley and Kelsey. Our special this special really yes. Thanks for having us. This is so much fun. Special ghosts learning things. Yay! Everybody have a great week. Banish those 2020 vibes and watch out for those eight-legged horses. Vulva. Vulva. Hey folks, how's it going? My name is Augie and I host a podcast called The Short Stories of Augie Peterson. Once upon a time, I had two blogs. Then one day I started listening to podcasts. They seemed like a lot of fun and would combine the thing I was always afraid to share with the world, my writing, with the thing I had no choice but to share with the world, my theater background. So I decided to combine them into a podcast for those millennials that don't have time to read two blogs. I read the original horror stories I write on Tuesdays and review really terrible horror movies with massive amounts of sass on Thursdays. On the first Saturday of each month, I tell my listeners about five new indie artists that I have interviewed that I think they should know about. So if you like dorks, horror, and indie artists, 
This is the podcast for you. Check out the short stories of Augie Peterson wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, check out augiepeterson.wordpress.com. Toodaloo! For like the last two weeks, I've been waking up sweaty every day. <laughs> and it's usually from a stress dream. No. Um, but Sasha, yesterday I was doing yard work, oh, no, which Sasha. is Sasha. spooky. Sasha, come <laughs> back. Sasha, you froze. Oh, I'm here. I'm here. Sasha, come back. No, no, Sasha. Sasha, please. I'm here. We've lost Sasha. Everyone's saying this is the spooky Sasha. thing occurring this, right now. This feels like. Yes. I was going to say you this feels. This. You'll, you'll hear this on the recording. This okay, feels 20, like. Um, oh, okay, you're moving again. Th- this feels like. Yeah, I was going to say, this feels like with all of the Sasha, you know, you're frozen, Sasha, come back. It felt like the Crucible, like <laughs> all the girls yelling. <laughs> Why are you doing this, little bird? Sasha, um, please. 